Welcome to the Intention Training Podcast, where we talk about training, mindset, nutrition, wellness, and self-care. Hey guys, welcome to episode four of season two of Intention Training. We are coming to you not live from isolation. This is like day 20 plus. Roy and I are still alive. We we have exchanged words, <laughs> but um, the animals are alive. We're healthy. We have food. We have a roof over our head. There's really nothing to complain about. Yeah, overall, all things considered, I feel very lucky, um, especially that we have each other, um, and it is great to have pets around. They are a lot, especially in this small space, though, but we're lucky enough that we have a little balcony space, so we've left the door open, and our dog is currently standing on the balcony, staring people down and occasionally barking, and the cat just tries to jump off, so um, it's always a little crazy around here, but... We're doing our best. Um, Jen, how has training been going um, under these different circumstances for you? Um, well, my mom is currently on disability from a knee surgery. They only live about a mile from us. Um, so actually, my dad has had a home gym for about as long as I can remember. Um, it was recently upgraded a little bit this summer. Thanks to you. Thanks to you. Yippers. Um, but he, we we are not um, without anything. Like, we have a rack. We have barbells, specialty bars, multiple kettlebells, adjustable dumbbells, um, a crock row handle, um, benches. We have resistance bands. Um, We just have like a bunch of specialty stuff. So my training has pretty much been training as usual. Um, I was supposed to have a meet in June. That's not happening anymore, Um, which is, I I get it. So I'm kind of just riding this wave um, of growing. And, you know, like the more you compete, the less time you actually have to train and put on, um, put pounds on your total. So it's... That's been a blessing for me. Um, do we know if that meet is going to be rescheduled? Yeah, it's going to be rescheduled. And Roy and I get to train together a lot, which, which it's a very small space. So sometimes it's like, I'm going to put this resistance band over your head while you're squatting, <laughs> and I'm going to do face pulls, and that's just the way it is. So... Um. I also wanted to shout you out. I know you just hit some big PRs. Um, you can share those numbers if you want to. You absolutely don't have to, but um, nothing to laugh at for sure. You are insanely strong and only getting stronger. So good work over there. Um, I also I thought it might be interesting. This isn't like on our agenda or whatever, but um, I would be curious to hear how you approach like a weight you've never hit before or a number of reps you've never hit before with a particular weight. Like, are you psyching yourself up? Are you trying to stay calm? How do you how do you go about that? I'm gonna be honest. I kind of black out. So for me, it's kind of like I try not to get too excited about it. Um, the way that I rouse my nervous system is I do that through breathing. So I just kind of hyperventilate a little bit, which sounds unhealthy, but I'm just kind of breathing like, 
you know, hyping myself out that way, <clears throat> maybe slap my thighs a little bit. I'm not really yelling. There might be a song on in the background, but it's not going to be too loud that I can't hear my own thoughts and cues in my head. Um, for every lift, it's it's pretty much it's pretty much the same. I always approach the bar pretty calm um, and not too psyched out because that's just how I operate. Um, but in in regard to my PRs, <clears throat> I tripled three hundred pounds on bench. Just Liar. kidding. Um, I hit two triples at 170. They went pretty smooth, paused, and then I tripled 275 on my squat, which I believe was my second attempt at my last meet. Um, and then I hit two doubles at 350 on a stiff bar, which is definitely a PR. So uh, looking forward to seeing how things continue to go. How's your training been going? Um, it's definitely different. So I've been training for my first uh, classic physique show this summer, the Twin Cities Open. Um, that was set to be July 11th. It is set to be July 11th. Um, I'm still very optimistic that things will go on, but you never know. Um, but I'm preparing as though everything were normal. So I am, it's, it's been a little tough to, I am also training in the, in Bud's gym, which is an awesome gym. And I'm super, super grateful to have it. Um, but I will say that like, until recently, my program was designed for all the equipment at our normal gym, Los Campiones. So it was a little hard to like adapt. And with um, this type of training, you're doing a lot of cables and a lot of machines and a lot of different stuff. So um, that was a little bit of a hard transition, but I have a really good coach who wrote me um, a program specifically for what I have access to. So now we're rolling, um, training really hard. It's, it's a grind. Definitely one thing I've noticed with this type of training, as opposed to like traditional strength training or any other training I've done is just like how present you have to be for every rep. If you want to get the most out of it, just like really trying to feel that contraction, um, and kind of be in tune with your body. It's, it's on another level for sure. I come out of these workouts so exhausted. Yeah, the last thing I'm thinking about at, like, the top of a squat or, like, the top of a deadlift is contracting. I'm just, like, just stand up. Just get your hips through. Um, so it's definitely really interesting to see, like, the difference between the training styles. Like, I'm not looking to isolate a muscle and move it through an entire range of motion. I'm looking for – I'm looking to make – this lift as easy as possible by like using my whole entire body to get there. Yeah, it um it dovetails quite nicely with like the stuff I'm learning in school because I think as um as a coach and really just as a lifter, like knowing origins and insertions and lines of pull of muscles can be really beneficial and just really biomechanics and anatomy, what what makes up your body and how it moves can really take your training to a whole other level. So I'm, I'm learning a lot doing this, definitely pushing myself hard. Um, I'm going to start dieting this week. So I'm going to start shedding some pounds off, get real lean. Um, and then hopefully I'll be stepping on stage in July. Sweet. All right. Do we want to get into the content for today? Um, one more thing I wanted to shout you out. Jen recently finished up um, at Carleton College. So congratulations for that. Yeah, like no big deal or whatever. But... So now that you're done with school, what's um, what's the plan for like uh, personal development? I don't know. Like, are you just going to 
say fuck it and play sims and do nothing or do you have something in and, and that totally wasn't a shot i'm genuinely curious on what's the next move i actually haven't played sims yet this whole entire you've isolation. been very productive you've been very productive for sure that's why i ask is i want you to share with the people like how you're staying busy when you don't have school to keep you accountable um okay so what i do is i have a very detailed planner and i fill it and even if i don't have anything to fill it with like any any obligations it's getting filled so i write when i'm waking up in the morning i write what i'm doing like am i am i reading for an hour am i going to have a short yoga practice i have a to-do list of at least three things to do every day um one of those is always exercising june bug um so what i've been doing a lot of is reading i've been reading um i read the uh insane training with janae Krah. Croc. God, Croc. I don't know. Croc Rose, the maker of Croc Rose. I read that. Um, a lot of lot of good programming in there. I read The Hobbit, and then Roy and I watched The Hobbit. All of them in one weekend. Yeah, we watched all of them in one weekend. Um, I've been baking. <laughs> I'm reading Practical Programming right now. Um, by Mark Ripito and Andy Baker. I just completed like a novice. Uh, strength program based off of some of the stuff that they were talking about in that book so I've been working on future programming I have a few virtual clients um, that I'm working with right now and then clients I was supposed to be taking on that I'm trying to figure out how to deal with that like um, so yeah it's been it's been an interesting time well, good for you for not being complacent and seeking out things to still um, be productive and learn different things and stay busy. And Yeah, and we've also been relaxing a ton. Like, it's not like people will be in your face, like in isolation. Me, like, if you aren't using this time to start your new, to start your business or to better yourself or blah, blah, blah. It's like people can only do so much of that every day. And if I want to sit or stretch in front of the TV and, like, watch three episodes of a show, that's totally fine. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. And there, I think there is a point of diminishing returns where just grinding, grinding, grinding is not going to benefit you. And we've talked a lot about this, so we won't go into it. But that that's we're going to speak on that later in terms of when you're home with all this time on your hands, I think it's easy to feel like guilty or obligated as though you should always be doing something quote unquote productive or even like for me like I have extra time on my hands so I feel like I should be working out like all the time because you know I have extra time and if I want to be the best I can be then but that's just not not really accurate so we'll speak more about that in the future but one thing I didn't want to let go um so quick was you mentioned that you just finished a novice strength program, and I want to make sure that nobody got that confused as if like you were completing, like you were actually going through it yourself. Jen just wrote um, a template for beginners that want to pursue uh, strength, strength training. So we hope to, in the future, um, 
kind of explore on the podcast different training goals and how we would approach taking clients there um, in a progressive manner. And not only that, but we hope to kind of build these programs and hopefully get a website going where you all can purchase them um, and, and whatnot. So be on the lookout for that. We know that it's, you know, gyms aren't open, so it's probably not the right time, but I just wanted to make sure people were aware. Yeah, I'm like so bored. So the next to come is intermediate and then advanced. Um, and then I think I'm going to read the West Side Barbo, um, the book. <laughs> I forgot what it's called. It's like called. the book of methods or something. Yeah, the book of methods. Um, I also really want to read Chris Duffin's book. Dude has lived a crazy, not crazy, dude has lived a wild life. Um, lived in the Literally. forest. Yeah, like... <laughs> As a child, um, but yeah, yeah, Let's we get should get into the meat of this for sure. Um, so the first thing we wanted to discuss was obviously we if we are personal trainers, you all probably know that by now. But um, so our clients have been asking, and we have been pondering ourselves, what is the most important or most valuable equipment you can purchase on a budget right now? So we wanted to go over that together. Um, and throw out some options for you guys. Do so you want to get us started? Yeah, let's start with um, the cheaper options. So for me, I always think about resistance bands. I personally get my resistance bands from Elite FTS just because they produce a lot of free content. Like I listen to their podcast. I read their free articles. Um, I've bought stuff from there before, and it's been great quality. Um, so I, I recommend Elite FTS, but of course, other people sell resistance bands. Um, I would recommend getting pairs if you can because that tends to make things a lot easier. Um, you're able to have more resistance then and you can hook more things up. Um, one thing to mention there is with a lot of these resistance bands, there are tons of exercises you can do. Um, and we put out an upper body resistance band only workout um but you might notice if you check out that workout that we had a rack right there um and that's because that we were hooking the bands to and that's because like we said we have access to um the basement gym right now but if you don't have something like a pole or a pillar or something sturdy you can anchor your bands to you can buy like a simple door handle attachment that you can hook your bands to because you definitely don't want to like put it on the door handle and then be pulling on it and just yank it off. And you can go to the playground. Yeah, you can definitely like put it around a tree or do something like that. But I know going outside is a little, yeah, a little different right now. Um, so resistance bands. Resistance bands. I would suggest the micro minis, which is going to be a small orange band. The um, minis, which is going to be red band, and then the lights, which is a thicker orange band. Um, anything heavier than that, probably isn't going to be um, super applicable to like every exercise. What I really love about them is that it's so easy to modify the difficulty of the exercise just by where you're placing your hands and or legs. Like if you're further down in the resistance band, you're going to have more resistance. The further you step away, the harder it's going to be. So it's super easy to modifying it's an option that works for pretty much anyone um, not only that but when we do go back to normal circumstances um, you can easily add them to other kinds of resistance um, which is awesome and they can easily just be thrown in a backpack too they don't take up a lot of space yeah another thing that um, I would recommend is probably maybe like a, a cheap bench I feel like would be really good you could do that or you can do a stability ball you can do like chest presses on a stability ball 
um, stability balls are probably going to be more cost effective. So a bench, and then I would I would say like adjustable dumbbells. Some of those only go up to like 30 or 50 per hand. Um, but it has a lot of, you have a lot of options with that. Okay. We briefly paused because Roy had to go potty, but, um, so I said a bench or stability ball, adjustable weights, uh, maybe a kettlebell, like medium weight kettlebell, something that you can press with one hand. Um, but also something that's going to be an adjustable kettlebell. Um, no, I don't, I don't know. Um, but those are like the things that I think of off the top of my head. What about you? Do you have any additions? Um, no, I think you pretty much covered it. I think adjustable dumbbells are a great, great option. Um, I like the stability ball as well because there are lots of core training options you can do with that. You can do some pretty sweet hamstring curls and glute bridges and whatnot as well. Pretty sweet curls. Um, another really cheap well this one you probably already have is you can easily put towels or plates on the floor and use them as like makeshift sliders um so that's a good one i would also consider just like just a jump rope um i think this is a good time to explore some different training types of training so you could also look at like some small hurdles or something like that um anything a TRX possibly, just anything that you think you're gonna be able to do a lot of different stuff with. And the weather's turning around here, so I think getting outside is pretty good too. Um, let's talk quickly if someone is really looking to invest and you know get a, a pretty much a home gym. What do you recommend in that case? Yeah, just like one little thing before moving on. Um, Trevor Jaffe does a lot of interesting things with a PVC pipe and sand. Um, that you guys can check out if you are looking to spend a little bit less, especially if you're not specifically powerlifting training, you're not specifically Olympic weightlifting training, like you don't need specific equipment, um, how you can kind of mimic a barbell and et cetera. But can you ask a question one more time? Yeah. So I am wondering if someone, I have a couple clients who, you know, we don't know when they're, we're going to be back in gyms. So they're possibly looking to really invest for the summer and possibly get a squat rack and things like that. We don't have to name brands or anything like that, but what do you think are like the essentials to be able to strength train or seriously train um, at home? Yeah, I would say a nice barbell, um, nice regular 45 pound barbell, um, a power rack. I know that a lot of them are on sale right now. You don't really need any specialty bars. Um, a power rack is nice because the hooks are adjustable. And so a bench, some power racks come with benches. So a bench would be good. And then definitely sets of weights, like depending on how strong you are. You don't need to buy six 45 pound plates if you only squat 135. Um, and maybe some mats. I would say are a good investment. Can you think of anything I left out? Um, I think the rest of the stuff we mentioned are good options to have as in addition to like a squat rack. But I think yeah, just a combo rack where you can both squat and bench, and then some type of apparatus so that when you're deadlifting, you're not damaging whatever you're setting the weights on. Um, other than that, I think you're pretty much set there. Um, 
I've seen some really cool trap bars that have different configurations where you can, you know, you can put it on your back and you can do lunges and squats and stuff like that. So I think that it was Kabuki Strength has a pretty sweet one. Yeah, um, that's going to be pretty expensive. One. But if you're really, you know, you're really serious about it, that could be an option as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, next up, this is something that I wanted to cover because there are certain days where we have a lot of extra time on our hands and like like we said before it can be tempting to feel as though you should be constantly doing things that are productive um which can be ironic because a lot of times like doing something that is quote-unquote productive is actually destructive um because you just you know your heart's not in it your head's not in it and you're doing yourself more badly good so i wanted to ask when it comes to training and I guess other things as well, how do we know like how much is enough? How much is too much? Um, how much is too little? Like how do you go about gauging that for your, for yourself? And then what would you, what advice would you give other people who are maybe struggling with that? Yeah, well, you got to keep the big picture in your head, I think. And I, yeah, I'm a firm believer in going into everyday structured. Um, so making time to move or work out or play and then that was my time and I had a that was my only time of the day and now I have other things to do so don't let working out or moving or whatever exercise you're doing be your entire day and be um the only way that you care for yourself um you definitely sitting down and reading and relaxing and letting your body recover is equally if not more important because you know when you're training you are most likely damaging your muscles and you can't rebuild them if you don't give yourself time to recover um so for me like that scheduling component really helps me see my day from a bird's eye and be like okay Three hours might be kind of excessive if my normal training is like an hour and a half to two hours. Um, and it also, I make other goals for the week. So other things that aren't training related, like I want to start XYZ book. I want to exercise with Joombug, which doesn't necessarily mean ex me exercising, but Joombug needs exercise. Um, there are other things to worry about besides what kind of lifting I'm doing that day. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, so I agree with everything you said. I'm a very routine oriented person too. So, um, kind of going back to some of the sleep hygiene stuff we've discussed before, it helps me quite a bit that we have a pretty set schedule in terms of when we're going to bed, when we're waking up and then I still have school. So I'm lucky that I have, well, I don't always feel lucky, but I have that obligation. That's a daily thing that gives me structure. Um, but in terms of like how much is too much, um, I, I think you made a great point that the gains aren't made in the gym, they're made outside the gym. And like you said, every time... The gains aren't made in the living room, they're made in the living room because everybody's working <laughs> every, out in their living room right yes, now. Yes, very true. Um, no, but like you said, every time that we're exercising, we're actually causing damage um, and we can't build ourselves back up stronger unless we give our, bo our bodies a chance to recoup. So, what? <laughs> you just said, unless we give our body. <laughs> okay, I'm done. 
You're the one that says hymns and hers and all you that. Hymns. You do. Don't lie. <laughs> oh. Um, but yeah, no, I think. So when I when I like catch my sometimes I catch myself like oh I should just you know I have a little extra time let me just do some push ups or whatever. Or I do. I also do that for you, too. Just how I say that. <laughs> what do you mean? Like I'll be like Roy, this is your day off. Isn't this track workout a little bit long? And then you'll be like, yeah. And I'll be like, I'm gonna tell Jeff. And then, oh, I said something I wasn't supposed to say. He's not listening. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> um, but I think it's important if you are, <laughs> if you're self isolating with another person, check for those like behaviors. Um, I tried to do like a workout. I think like last week, and I had already done a workout that day. I got like five minutes into it, and I was like, okay, that's that's all right. <laughs> the point here is that more is not always better. Um, so I would just set a reasonable and consistent goal for days per week or times per day or whatever you're doing that meet that matches whatever you're trying to accomplish and stick to that. Even if you feel like, well, I have this extra time. Let me let me just do these squats. Let me just do these whatever. You have to be very conscious of the choices you're making. And we, I put up a post recently of just some, like, we really like to, we hate sitting just collectively, Jen and I do. It's really, it hurts. You more so than I, like, I have trouble with, like, the whole standing desk thing. If I'm trying to study, like, I, I like to be sitting down. Yeah. But I can't sit for a very long time. So I like to get up and just move. And I think it's super beneficial to just, like, there's a ton of research on what good, like, just play can do for us. And as adults and as, I mean, we're kind of adults. We don't get a lot of that, obviously. (laughs) So I think just like moving in different ways and kind of like exploring movement is is a really good way to spend time. And that's a great way to recover as well. It's just like little movements that are getting some blood flowing, um, moving like those metabolites and that, that lymph around the body as well. Yeah, exercise exercise is not the only way that you ha- that you can move. Like you can you can stretch, you can give yourself massages. Um you can do self myofascial release with like a um foam roller. Foam roller. That's what those things are called. Um but I think that in terms of exercise as always, it's always going to be about um quality over quantity. And someday this is going to be over and you're not going to have time to exercise three times a day or maybe even three times a week if you have like the time for doing that now. So just stick to something that's consistent, that makes you feel good, develop that routine for yourself um, and leave it at that. Yeah, I think this kind of ties into like I don't know. I think doing like a million squats and push-ups every day is ob- I think that's better than nothing for sure. I'm glad people are moving their exercising, but I think it pays off to be more methodical in the way that you're training and there's still a lot of options even if you don't have any equipment available to you. So, just make sure that whatever you're doing is conducive to what you're trying to accomplish. So, if you are um an athlete who plays and 
primarily anaerobic sport, meaning it's it's short bursts of activity, um, five to ten seconds. You're a lineman for football. There is no reason. You're a short burst athlete. <laughs> there is no reason why you should be jogging five miles in my opinion. And, and that's not to say you should never do it, like if, if you enjoy it or whatever, but if you're looking to get the most bang for your buck, you have to make sure that your actions are aligned with your goals. And we're gonna talk about that in our mini series that's coming up called Training for Blank. So we're gonna say like, we're gonna do an episode dedicated to like training for strength, training for oh, um, hypertrophy, training for flexibility. Yeah, and then eventually, like we said, hopefully we'll come up with some kind of like if systems, if you will, that we can um, market to you all and kind of give you a, a guidebook for how to get where you want to get for those particular goals. So, um, yeah. So one other thing that kind of ties into this, how much is too much? Um, what do I have to do to maintain? How can I still make gains, etc.? We got a question, and I think a lot of people, this is on a lot of people's minds, is regarding like how fast do you lose progress? How fast do you detrain? Um, and this is gonna look a little different based on whatever parameter you're talking about. So if you're talking about like aerobic physiological adaptations in terms of like um, mitochondrial density or the things that make aerobic athletes better. Um, that's going to have a different timeline than one rep maxes um, or maximal strength or even hypertrophy. So, um, Jen, you have some insight to that? Yeah. So I'm reading Practical Programming by uh, Mark Ripitone, Andrew Baker, and they – Andy Baker? Andrew Baker. Andy. Practical Programming for Strength Training, third edition. Um, basically, what this book says is that – yeah, when an athlete stops a strength training program, there is going to be a regression in strength levels, but the regression is going to take place at a much slower pace than a regression in, like, your VO2 max, which would be, like... Which is exactly what I'm talking about with, like, aerobic adaptations that help you reach steady state faster and you know, be a better distance runner, things like that. So that that's the difference there. Yeah, so essentially if you were on, like, your high school's track team um, and you were, like, a distance runner, you're going to lose that endurance faster than a strength athlete would lose strength. And the reason behind that is because if you are training for strength, you know how long it takes to build substantial strength um, and how long it takes to maintain it. So that's going to go away faster, whereas with endurance, the adaptations aren't coming with increased muscle size. Like, your body literally making huge changes to your composition. It's coming within let's – have, let's have Roy take a stab <laughs> at this because – I know exactly what you're trying to say, I yeah. think. Correct me if I'm wrong, but – um, the adaptations that we're talking about for the distance runner in this example are actually like cellular physiological changes. They're adaptations that your body is making, whereas a lot of strength is neurological. So it has to do with how fast can this signal from your nervous system reach your motor units and how, fa how frequent is that happening? How synchronized is this? Things like that. So 
those those nervous system those patterns that are ingrained aren't going to go away as fast as something that's actually like a physical adaptation yeah actually let me just read you um a section from this book so um all right i'm just gonna read read one paragraph when an athlete stops a strength training program there will be a regression in strength levels strength is a much more persistent adaptation than endurance Strength declines much more slowly than VO2 max does, and the reasons for this are due to the differences in the nature of the two adaptations. Strength, as an adaptation, includes changes in the architecture of the muscle mass, the neuromuscular system, and the skeletal architecture. These changes can take time to occur, as everybody knows, um, and, likely they, and likewise they take time to re reverse. A man who has gotten strong through an effectively designed strength program will always respond more robustly and more quickly to a return to training than he did the first time as a novice, no matter how long a period of detraining he is subjected to. In contrast, endurance adaptations are transient in that they come on fairly quickly and go away quickly as well. Um, this is due to the fact that adaptation to VO2 max dependent activity, so endurance aerobic activities, take place within the extant metabolic machinery of the cells. So we're not building new tissues to run faster and longer than we did last time. We are just kind of uh, tuning up the chemistry that's already there. So I think the take home is you don't have to be too worried about your strength leaving you. As long as you are still uh, placing demands on your nervous system and you're challenging your body in ways that are going to help maintain things like the bone mass density and the increase the hypertrophy that you've you've gained which essentially is a an increase in the cross-sectional area of your muscle so any muscle mass that you've gained as long as you're placing demands that are they're not going to be equally as stimulating but high neurally demanding tasks and we're going to get into some of how you can do this without a barbell um, as long as you're doing that you don't have to be too too worried about your strength um, just completely leaving you so we want to make sure we threw that out there um, and as I alluded to that kind of ties into the first question we got via Instagram we appreciate everyone who participated in that it really helps us come up with um, content for our episodes and we want to give everybody the information that they want to hear about. So um, we appreciate everyone who asked questions. Um, the first one we have is how to like find a new normal. And I want to take this um, in terms of what we were just talking about with That's our dog. Sorry. for strength athletes. Um, how can you come up with a stimulus that's this not the same, but comparable to heavy lifting. Um, do you have any ideas off the top of your head? I have ideas that are not mine. They're from my coach, um, Trevor Jaffe, Jaffe Strength on Instagram. Um, he posts a lot of good stuff. Sorry, this is like the third time I'm plugging him. But like I always save his posts because they're super helpful. So um, some things that he said is... Um, increasing time under tension. So you can do this by increasing the uh, eccentric portion of your lifts. So the down portion of the squat, you can make that um, like three to five seconds long. You can also add bands to um, training. 
Um, uh-oh. <laughs> I'm running on a blank. What do you Um, I think those are good ideas. I think time under tension is a good one. I think also incorporating isometric holds. Um, for example, holding at the bottom or a midpoint of a squat is a good way to challenge yourself. Um, you can also do things like overcoming isometrics where you're trying to move an immovable object, which allows you to recruit a lot of those motor units um, and give a maximal effort even though you don't have weights so even just like as simple as it sounds like getting in an athletic stance and trying to push a wall over like for five seconds that's going to be a huge stimulus for your body and you might not see the same like hypertrophic adaptations but you are probably pushing with that wall on that wall with i don't know how many pounds of force but it's it's going to be comparable to a heavy bench press or a heavy push press or whatever it might be um so i i like overcoming isometrics you can also do yielding isometrics where you're holding um either you you can use your body weight or you can externally load with like a backpack or something like that and you're gonna drop down you're gonna give way to gravity and let it just take you down and then almost catch yourself um those are really challenging and it, it places a high demand on you as well as other athletic movements like sprints plyometrics those are really a high demand activity for the nervous system. They require a lot of motor unit recruitment and fast firing. Um, you're using a lot of fast switch muscle fibers. So I really like activities like that in place of if, if you know, if you don't have a barbell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we just did sprints today and it was really hard. I was like, I was done by when Roy was just getting started. Um, so yeah, so eccentric tempos are really good, and then isometric holds in various position, positions, too. Uh, the bottom is probably going to be the most effective, but we have a lot of time here, so why not try every position? Um, cluster steps. Cluster sets, so stopping for two or three breaths, then continuing on um, instead of taking huge rest breaks. Then you can, you can do AMRAPs, which is just as many reps as possible. Um, that's going to be really taxing. It's also probably going to work some endurance and some, uh, you'll make some hypertrophic adaptations from that. Um, drop sets. So that would be doing one set at a really heavy weight, then slowly dropping the weight as it gets heavier. It doesn't even have to be a weight per se, but starting with an external load and then getting rid of the external load and continuing on. So you could do this with a band. You could do banded push-ups for as many as you can, or not even as many as you can, say a given number, lose the band, and then keep going. That would be an example of a drop set without weights. Yeah, and one thing that I incorporate into my training even before this whole thing started is timed um, circuits. So... I'm going to set, um, you can get like a, a timer app on your phone. So I would set the work portion of my circuit to be 30 to 45 seconds long. And then you can um, set your own rest breaks too. So I usually do between 10 and, 10 and 15 seconds to transition. So um, that's really effective for me because it's not really about reps, but it's about um, just working within um, a timed limit. And that can also help you if you figure if you feel like your workouts are just getting too long and you're not really training towards anything. Yeah, so I would say that's sort of a, 
a form of hit high intensity interval training, which can be a great option, super effective, um, time friendly, and it can really it can get you in some good shape if you if you stick to it. So high intensity interval training is a good option. Um, some people like Tabata. Uh, there are tons of things you can do. So I think those are all good options for finding a new normal. Um, as well as considering some of the equipment we mentioned earlier, if you have the means to purchase it. Um, if not, work on finding a routine. Um, and, and I encourage people to try different things and challenge your body in different ways. Um, I guess that's how I would go about finding a new normal during during this period. And I think we already talked about like kind of how we're adapting outside of the, the fitness side of things. So Yeah, so what's next? Um, the next one is... Suggestions for people feeling discouraged in their training or their strength journey at this time. Um, so I was just talking to somebody about this, and I would say that this is going to be really hard for some people to get their head around just because it's such a big deal in their life right now. But you're focusing so much on your training and what you can't do and because that's the only thing you well one of the only things you can't control right now you can't control that you don't have access to a gym you can't control that you only have certain equipment so that's the thing you're going to fixate on right but there is so much more to the life that you were living previously that doesn't have to do with the gym so one way to approach this is just to think about like what can you do, you know? Because there's a lot that you can do, um, even if you don't have any equipment. And this is temporary. Um, that's that's really the only advice I have in regards to that. I think your advice for controlling what you can control is always a good way to live. Um, and I think when you're really struggling, like coming up with artificial positivity like when people say i don't know i've always struggled with the approach of like what are five good things that happened today or things like that so if i struggle with that one thing i try to do instead is remove negativity because that is something you can control if you catch yourself actively saying like man this sucks like i can't train i don't have any equipment whatever you can catch yourself doing that and remove those thoughts and take a different approach. Like we said, fill up a backpack, do something, find a way. If you want it bad enough, you'll find a way. Um, And I also want to just emphasize that if you come out of this experience, this pandemic, um, healthy and, you know, like in... it, It is, that's enough to come out healthy and to to make it through is an accomplishment in and of itself. This is a huge challenge. So I don't think strength training is the number one priority right now. And I think that's important. You gotta be, gotta find ways to be gentle with yourself. And like, this is already an unnecessary amount of stress placed on us being inside and being able to not do the things that we normally do. And stressing about your training is not going to help. So, I mean, train and do what you can do Do what you can and then don't worry about it because you know this is this isn't gonna last forever and if you're really struggling with like uh, i i tend to think that having structure having a, a program to follow is really helpful 
for most people, if you're struggling with that, consult someone. It doesn't even have to be us. I just encourage you to seek out someone who can help you come up with a plan to follow because I think people are much more likely to stick to something if it's concrete and structured. Um, beyond that, I mean, I encourage people to explore different ways of dealing with stress, whether it be meditation, taking walks, um, whatever you like to do, just to kind of try to relieve some of that stress. Beyond that, like we said, if you come out of this relatively healthy, then that's a win. Um, and there will there'll be plenty of days for, for strength training in the future. So just do what you can and make, make the best of it for the time being. Yeah, first. What's um, next? A couple more questions and we'll wrap it up. So I think this is a good question. I think more people are probably curious than just the person who asked this. So they ask, how do you become a personal trainer? What is that process like? Um, do you want to get us started? There's a few ways that you can go about this. Um, we did NASM, National Academy of Sports Medicine, as a certification. There's a lot of different certifications you can take. Essentially, you're doing all the studying by yourself, um, kind of with the guidance of whatever organization you're going through. That would be, um, I feel like, the most common route. Um, I think it's always good to be certified in something. Obviously, the ideal would be that you get a degree in it, but sometimes I feel like that can be really way more financially burdensome, um, and it's not necessary. Um, you could always just go the route of people know me as that person, or you know, reaching out to help people, and I wouldn't expect to get paid much at first. We still don't get paid a lot. Um, but especially if you don't have a certification, one thing I would recommend doing is just reaching out to people and coaching them for free. So building credibility that way and then seeing if this is actually something that you want to do. Until I got my certification, like while I was working on it, I had clients, but I didn't require them to pay me because that's not fair for them. Um just for me to be like experimenting on them without really having a certification or knowing what I'm doing. I'm not saying you need to get a certification. I'm just saying you need some type of credibility, um, you know, before you can expect to like get a huge payback on it. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, we went through NASM, did our studying online. Um, people shit on like a personal tra personal training certifications all the time. They say like anyone can pass the test, which is true to some extent. It's definitely not rigorous, um, I would say. But what you do have to do is you have to invest money. Um, you have to invest time. So I don't think it's like a, not a big accomplishment. I think people kind of dismiss personal training certifications as though they're not like they're not, you know, I'm not going to say they're prestigious, but it is an accomplishment and it's something that you should be proud of. So, um, it doesn't take a lot. It takes a little bit of, of investment money wise, time wise. Um, and you have to make sure that you know the material and that's about it. You take a test, um, and then you start practicing. Like Jen said, I also was offering free coaching long before I was a personal trainer. And of course I would always give the caveat of I'm not a certified personal trainer. Um, because now that we are, we have to worry about like liability insurance, things like that. So there are a lot of people who practice, 
things that I, I would not do in terms of like handing out meal plans when they're not nutritionists or practicing or better yet dietitians or, or marketing themselves as personal trainers when they're not certified. That is not something I'd recommend, but I do think it's more than okay and actually beneficial to offer advice and coaching to people for free to gain some experience, build some, um, credibility and, and whatnot. So that's what becoming a personal trainer is like. And really like it comes down to being able to interact with people um, and form relationships and, and and yeah, I think that's that's what becoming a personal trainer is like. So this person also asks about alternatives um, and what our experience has been like thus far. So I can start us off with alternatives. Um, like I said, people kind of tend to dismiss the personal training certification as though it's not hard to get or it doesn't really mean anything. Um, it is significantly less difficult to get a personal training certification than it is to get, for example, um, a CSCS, a Certified Strength and Conditioning Specialist. To get that, you have to have a degree, um, an undergraduate degree, a bachelor's degree. Um, it actually doesn't really matter what it's in. Ironically enough, like you could be, I don't know, um, a biology major and still pursue it. A political science major? Yep, you could be Jen. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of like the next step up, I would say. There are tons of certifications you can pursue that aren't um, through the traditional academic means, and by that I mean like university, um, such as like, I don't know, tons of companies will offer their own certifications. You can be a, um, a certified coach through them, and that stuff is all, all great. Um, but in terms of like moving on up, um, if you want to be a strength and conditioning coach, you want to work at a high school, college, professional, um, open your own gym, then you're, you're going to want to get a CSCS. And to do that, you have to, like I said, have a bachelor's degree, and then you have to pass their exam. Um, as a personal trainer and a strength and conditioning coach, you also have to do continuing education. Um, other alternatives, I, I think, I mean, I'm kind of going through this right now, and, and it was a really hard path, and I'm still working on figuring out what exactly I want to do in this field, because there are a lot of options. There's athletic training, there's physical therapy, there's, um, you know, exercise physiology. There are all these routes you can take in a more academic sense. Um, but I, I, I think the kind of the gold standard is the CSCS. And like we said, that requires the four year degree and passing a test. So those are the main alternatives. Um, anything you want to add? You can coach, um, teams, uh, as experience and then figure out if, cause you know, when you are going to be a personal trainer or you're going to be a coach to some extent, Figure out if it's something that you actually want to do, and that's pretty. That's a pretty low stakes way to do it. Is be like an assistant coach on your neighborhood's uh, soft uh, t-ball team. Yeah, and I th I think, like you said, we we both have. And figuring out whether it's something you want to do is really important. Uh, another good way to do that is to seek out a mentor or find an internship or even just somewhere that'll let you volunteer. Um, at a gym or whatever to kind of observe and, and see what the day-to-day -day of a personal trainer or a strength and conditioning coach is like. So I guess I would also like to mention that it, it's, it can be a pretty grueling profession. Uh, we know a lot of personal trainers who do it as their job, as their main means of income, and they're at the gym all day. 
they are grinders. So um, you got to love it. I think you got to know that you love it if you want to invest in that as a career. Um, last, last part is what has your experience been like thus far as a personal trainer? My experience, so I am an independent contractor under a company called DVA Fitness. And there I am working with clients inside their apartment gyms or um, inside their home gyms. So equipment levels are varying and I'm doing a lot of traveling. I definitely would say that I don't like that as much as renting out of a gym, which I also do. I have a few clients that work out at, with me at Los Campiones because um, I rent out of there. So it really depends on you know, the type of audience that you're also looking to serve too because you're going to get paid more if your clients have like a full-time job and they have benefits and they are like more established than a teenager. <laughs> um, so I guess my experience would be mixed. I just know that I think it's, it's more fun to have like a home gym. It, I mean, you don't do a lot you don't get to travel a lot but it saves you a lot of time it saves you a lot of gas and I would say just ready to be ready to not be home a lot because cancellations happen super often your schedule is going to change a lot sorry about my dog um she's getting kind of antsy um so yeah that's my experience so far um what would you say you're this um, mine's been very positive overall. Like you said, you can't expect to be home a lot. It's pretty grueling um, in terms of schedule, but it's also really rewarding. It's it's so cool to see people make progress and, and watch like their belief in themselves and their confidence grow, um, as well as like the physical side of things. I mean, people make great progress, and you're a part of that, and that's, that's super cool. So I really enjoy that aspect. Um, it can be a little bit cutthroat in terms of there's one gym and there's 20 trainers there, you know, so it, it can be hard not to like compare yourself to other people in terms of like how many clients you have, what you charge, things like that. But at the end of the day, we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. So if you like helping people and you like you think that this is a way for you to do that, then I encourage you to do it. Pursue it. It's not a huge commitment financially. Um and you don't need a degree, so that is is a, a, an important thing in my book. But if it's not, then I think all the things we talk about, all the things that we preach here in terms of intention and being mindful and knowing why you do what you do apply to any other industry, whether it's art, music, whatever it is, just take the same principles and and live by them. And I think that's the way to go. Um, we should wrap it up because the dog needs us. Yes. Um, before we do, did you want to give any final thoughts, recommendations, um, things to look out for, anything like that? Yeah. Um, so we're going to be starting a new podcast series just on this podcast called Train for Blank. The name is not, <laughs> it's not decided yet. I decided it. Um, so definitely keep your eye up that give us um any feedback in in terms of what you'd like to hear um i would also say 
that if you're looking to get a personal cert, uh, personal training certification, now would be the time because a lot of people are running sales because um, they're like, well, people aren't doing anything. They're just inside their house. And it's something that you can do completely on your own time within your own space. Um, so be on the lookout for those deals if that's something that you want to do. Um, favorite TV show so far of Isolation, All American. Roy and I just finished watching both seasons. Can't wait for season three. Um, what a ride. Yeah, it was a ride. Um, and then... I have been listening to Chill Pop on YouTube. <laughs> so, yeah. What about you? Um, I second the All-American recommendation. I've been reading a lot of interesting things. Um... But I won't. I don't want to keep us here forever, and I don't know that people care. So, um, we hope you care. huh? We hope. <laughs> I'll stick to the All American recommendation. Um, I liked Jesse Reyes' new album quite a bit. I hadn't actually listened to her before. Her this new album was the first album I heard from her, but I liked it a lot. Um, Kamaya's album's good. That's pretty much it. Party next door. The weekend. It's about all I got. Um, Justice Beaver. <laughs> um, other than that, if you if you guys want us to continue to post home workouts, we definitely can do that. We just didn't want to. I don't know. There's more to do at home than workouts. Yeah. So just let us know what you want to see from us slash hear from us, and we'll bring it to you. All right. To whoever's still listening, <laughs> <Mwah>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye.